And all Buckeyes, all the time. This is your weekly inside look at the Scarlet and Gray. Brought to you by Atlas Butler Plumbing Services. This is the 11 Warriors Radio Hour. Welcome to the 11 Warriors Radio Hour. Jason Priest is Chris Lauderbach, Notre Dame superfan Bodie Wells producing for us tonight over there on the decks. Uh, we paid our bet. A couple weeks ago, we uh, gave Bodie the three and a half for Notre Dame, Ohio State. My man could have won the game outright, but his coach doesn't know how to count. And, uh, but he won the bet, so we showed up with some pizza. He's going to take it home to the garage, put it in the garage fridge next to the lawnmower <laughs> and his, uh, his uh, collection of uh, tank tops, and then, you know, he's going to eat for a week. Yep. At Ohio State alum, just one, two, three. You got to get to 11, Marcus. Get to 11. <laughs> That's the legal number of players you're allowed to have out there. Well, at least you put the right number on the second play. Oh, wait. No, no, didn't do that either. Also, not the first time it even happened this year. I guess uh, I saw it later <laughs> on happen in one of the games earlier this year. Yeah, yeah. That's all that point. But hey, we can't hate too much because they ended Caleb Williams' shot at Ty and Archie for a second Heisman, and they, you know, helped to strength the schedule with a nice little win over USC. Yeah, we were, you know, the Marcus Freeman bandwagon. We, we were starting to take on some water. We were <laughs> yeah. sending the lifeboats for the women little, and children. Yeah, but hey, you kick the crap out of Southern Cal. That always gets the uh, mood right. You hear, Dab- you, you hear Dabo today say the bandwagon was too big and needed to, yes. need to get a couple yeah. more. That's yeah. what a guy can say with two natties. You can't, like if Ryan Day said that, they would shoot him. But like Dabo, he can probably get away with that with two natties. <laughs> that's, the, that's the only redeeming quality Dabo has is he's unfiltered. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. those days I'm horrendous. Other times you're like, man, Dabo's pretty funny, man. Like, what's going on down there? <laughs> as long as he's not my coach or playing him anytime soon, I'm happy with it. Big show tonight. Ohio State made it look easy getting to 6-0, and but face a massive test this weekend. Coach Subprime blows a gasket, <laughs> and Notre Dame finally does America solid. We'll get into that later. First up, Ohio State 41, Purdue 7 on Saturday. No Emeka, no Travion, no Mayan, no problem. Bucks went to work early, jumping out 14 nothing after one. Took a 21-0 lead in the half. Could have been 28, but uh, we'll talk about this in a minute. My guy fumbled at the uh, zero, basically. Down Hayden stepped in. They wanted to redshirt the guy. Comes in, ran hard, man. 11 for 76, 6.9 to carry, one touchdown. He's done that pretty much every time he's ever been called upon. A lot of people talked about the Maryland game last year, but he had success in some other games last year when uh, Henderson and Mayan were beat up a lot. So, yeah, it's a guy. We'll see. I understand the... Well, I don't know if I totally understand it. The the desire the desire to redshirt him, but yeah, every time you give this guy the ball, I, I don't. I'm not smart enough to know pass blocking. Some of the other things you've heard Day say, he's at his best when when the ball is in his hands. So clearly, there's some other stuff that the average fan doesn't necessarily pay attention yeah, to. That, yeah, that's a good point. You know that maybe he has continued opportunity, but gosh, I don't know how you deny that dude. And to me, he looks like the second best ball carrier on the team. I, you know, other Ooh. facets of the position for sure, but is there another guy? You know, maybe you'd, I don't think you'd have him ahead of Travion, but would you have anybody else ahead of him that you would want to say, hey, to carry the football? They're also different, right? Travion and I think you're right. Travion and, and, and Dallin are the most gifted pure runners, probably. Mm-hmm. Chip's just got a monster mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mayan's got a little bit of the same. Um, but you wonder if, if Chip doesn't transfer, if he sticks at linebacker when he transfers or something like that. Mm-hmm. Dallin's not thought to be redshirted this year. They probably thought they had a luxury, and now that luxury kind of dissipated really yeah, quickly. Yeah. 
Speaking of running, we got ourselves a Tim Tebow in Columbus, Ohio. Devin Brown comes in, short yardage runs for the Buckeyes. Um, I love it, man. Creative thinking is something that, you know, they're having trouble with. They put their minds together and said, let's figure something out here. They give it to Devin Brown, and all of a sudden, you know, it's Purdue, granted, but, you know, short yardage is working. Ran for Ohio State's second touchdown to make it 14 nothing. Should have had another one in quarter two. Fumbled right at the goal line. One of those, is that ball in? Did he cross? Nope, he didn't cross. That's a touchback. Uh, later on, tossed a 58-yard uh, touchdown to Brandon Ennis. And that was more of a throw and run. Ennis, Ennis probably peeled off 30 after a juke there. Ennis's first touchdown as a Buckeye. So a lot of good things there, too. Yeah, yeah, I think the Brown you know, coming in in the red zone package was pretty interesting because Ohio State has been beating their head against the wall, not just short yardage, but red zone in general. Mm-hmm. Ohio State came into that game ranked 104th in the country in touchdown rate when inside the red zone, and they went 5 of 6 in that game, and as you mentioned, really were a foot away from 6 for 6 yeah. with touchdowns. They're scoring in the red zone. They are just not scoring touchdowns in the red zone at a clip they would like, and against a team like Penn State this weekend who hasn't really allowed teams to get to the red zone, you want to make sure you maximize those opportunities. So bringing in, you know, Brown to, to, equ- to equate the numbers, as Day would say, but if, I feel like it's a page out of Urban Meyer's book, right? That's what he always did was, hey, you get now that guy you're going to hand the ball off to now as a blocker right. to equate the numbers in the box. So I like the uh, thought process there. I don't think they're hanging their hat on it. I like the thought, too, that he threw a pass from that set. Um, you know, down on the goal line so that Penn State, if he does come in, can't just assume that it's going to be, you know, a quarterback mm-hmm. run. He could throw it. Um, so I don't know we'll see a ton of it, but I think it's something, even if you don't use it, Penn State's preparing for it this week, and that in and of itself I think would be a small small win. Absolutely. Marvin Harrison got his, went 6 for 105 and a touchdown. It's his fourth 100-yard game in his last five starts. Needs three more to tie David Boston's OSU record of 14. That's incredible. Crazy. I feel like it was one of his worst games. He had like yeah. three drops. And yeah. it's like, oh, six for 105 and a touchdown. Okay, yep. cool. Nice nice bad game you had. Right? <laughs> his bad game is better than most good games. He needs 206 more to jump into the top 10 in receiving yards. Uh, three more touchdowns to get in the top five. And t- I mean, this dude's a beast, nice. man. It feels like he's been doing it for like two years, maybe a year and 1.8 years. Like. Yeah. Um, Kate Stover, four for 53 and two touchdowns. And he's probably the most divisive dude in the 11 Warriors slack because half the people are like, he's so bad run block. And everyone's like, he's such a good tight end. Like, you know, he's a good receiver. Yeah. What's going on here? Yeah. So good to see him go off. Um, McCord got his 16 of 28 for 276, three touchdowns, zero interceptions again. Had three or four drops. I know uh, Marv probably dropped three. I know Fleming dropped one. I'm yeah. trying to think. Those were the others. four statistically. Those are only four that were in the stats. I feel like there was at least one other. You know, it's kind of beauties in the eye beholder yeah. if it's a drop or not, but at least four for sure. Could have been 20, um, 28 easily. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been better. I think the you know the strip sack still got to feel some pressure. I think it's still an opportunity. Certainly, um, w- want to work on those. But yeah, I thought it was another you know another nice game for Kyle. He's he's doing stuff to win a game. He's not doing things to you know to lose you the game. Um, you don't want to see a strip sack, obviously. But those have been those kind of plays have been the exception. It's nice to see this week too because at Purdue he kind of heated up early, and so far his mo seemed to be like slow start, yeah. hot late. And really good on third downs, which is still good. We'll take that. But like you get him cooking early, watch out, man. Defense was solid again, held Purdue to 257 total, 123 on the ground. Quarterback Hudson Card, who transferred to Purdue from Texas, 13 of 32 for 126 yards. That's 3.9. Is that good? Yeah, you'll take that all day. The defense also, what, 3 of 17 on third down, I think it was. So really nice getting off the field. Purdue's kicker, uh, Julio. Julio, do you know how to pronounce this guy's name? Bad kicker, Macias. Bad kicker, Macias. 0 for 3. They have students come down during timeouts and drill field goals, and this guy went 0 for 3 field for him. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's right. The dude came out yeah, of the ground. Yeah, he's like, like, I'll, do it. I'll do it. And you know, you know the coaching staff's like, we got gear. 
But I'm glad he missed, man, because uh, you know people are talking about the win, but most people just want to talk about my score prediction last week, which was 41 <laughs> to nine. So pretty darn good. Two Dude, points that was up, coming, Bodie. Two points up, Bodie. You remember last week when I said it'd be 41 to nine? I do now. Yeah, it's on. There's 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 tapes, man. If you want to play that, look at our Slack history. It's like archives. two days of it. He's like, I'm just going to relish yeah, just, this for a minute. I'm like, this is a long forgot. ass minute. Yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> man, two days of this. I am leading our Slack, the Eleven Warriors team in uh, <laughs> aggregate score prediction too. So yeah, you are. I'm bringing it, man. Uh, what do we learn, man? I mean, some of these things we just kind of confirm, right? Ohio State's got great running back depth. Yeah, yeah, I think you definitely saw it. I think I, I feel like we knew it because we had seen what Hayden did before. To me, it just reinforced that I'm still a little head scratchy on why I was the fourth stringer. Um, so, yeah, the, the depth is real there for sure, and you hope that that depth starts to return this week so that you're not leaning on your fourth string guy. I guess we'll, we'll see. But no didn't you touch on it a second ago? Didn't best. you say that like Day said he's really really good with the ball in his hands, which kind of you're reading about what what's unsaid there, he's right? A, yeah, he's implying So there could that. be a lot of things. Yeah. Maybe he's late to practice. Maybe he skips yeah. class. Maybe, you know, maybe he doesn't know the plays that well. Maybe he's a bad pass pro. You know, there's a could lot be. of things that can, could be that, right? Yeah, I think they've having conversations with him about redshirting so that he can be the guy next year. So if you think he's the guy next year, I doubt he's terrible at all those other things. Right. Who was the last sophomore to redshirt at Ohio State? The last sophomore to redshirt at Ohio State? Well, the last sophomore that probably played a lot. Not 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 counting guys that just never played, but the last sophomore that actually played a lot later. Hmm. Mike Thomas. Oh, remember yeah, that? Yeah. And they're like, ooh, okay. Yeah. All right, Mike. You know, and then obviously went on to great things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the staff works to be creative to solve problems. We touched on that. The Brown and Short Yardage. I love that. And then, you know, there's smart guys on the staff. A Heartline's got a great mind. Day's got a great mind. They're going to continue to try to figure some things out. And it wasn't even just that new package. I think there was more, you know, just, just different styles of runs, more, yep. more counter, a little bit more misdirection, a little, little bit you know, different than just the stre- you know, stretch of the boundary kind of thing. So, yeah, I think they definitely tried some other stuff. And I think Day was asked about it. And it was like, hey, is that because of the opponent or is that because of the way your running game has been going? He kind of hedged, hey, it's a little bit of both, this yep. and that. But what it tells you is exactly what you said. These guys are not just trying to definition of insanity right just do right. the same thing over and over expect a different result they are tinkering with what they can do because the 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 jimmies and the joes are what they are right so you got to figure out how you can x's and o's better to fit those guys yep absolutely wide receiver room this is confirmed overflowing with talent we talked about <laughs> ennis a second ago of course you got the big guys Emeka was out hurt but you got you know marvin you got you got fleming then you got uh, Carnell Tate, who had like 70, 70 some yards. Game. Yeah, 55 yarder. Yeah, Ennis. So your two freshmen each had 50 plus yard catches. Yeah. And those are the guys that hardly ever get, get, get targets, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. X had a 21 yarder, which I mean, we know what he can do. But yeah, a lot of, lot of versatility there. I love X. I do, man. He, he brings something every time he's he touches the ball. He's got some value. He's, you can just, yeah, plug and play. Great he vision, may not be too. the best at that position, but well. he will definitely be serviceable in there. And they don't just go away from him. You yeah. know, it's like, all right, we'll, we'll use him. You almost wish you could put his vision in like a, a physical freak's body because his vision's off the charts. And I, you know, Day talks about it. He, he could do special teams. He can do whatever. Like he's just a really cerebral guy, and he's he's obviously his versatility we've seen for a couple years now. Questions we'll get into in a little bit, but players are dinged up, man. Is, what's it going to look like at Penn State? Is Emeka going to go? Is Travion going to go? Day said, you know, there's a good chance those guys go, but at the same time, Day and you know, I wouldn't be either. He's not really forthcoming a lot of times with the injury yeah. information. And, yeah. You know, I get it, right? You're paid a lot of money to win all the games and you can't let some of that stuff out. No, I don't begrudge him, but yeah, even if he said somebody was going to be back, you can't really bank on that no. either. So just, yeah, just wait till Saturday. You got to wait till the injury report comes out to really know what's going to happen. Let's put it this way. We and get, even then the injury report came out with Travion yeah. as questionable. Yeah, we get And then 20 out. minutes later he was out. Yeah, we, we get it a lot of times and, and you know, we get it weekly and yeah. it surprises us a lot of times. Like, yeah. whoa, what's this? You know, we had no idea this is coming, mm-hmm. but uh, 
Some transactions to get to really quickly. Tyleek Williams named ESPN's midseason All-American team the only Buckeye on that team. He's having a monster year, man. He is. He's he's playing incredible football right now. For a guy you knew had you know had some talent and, and was a guy to look for, uh, I think that he's still outshined what basic expectations would be. How for a long time there he was like third on the team in tackles, and I think he's still you know like in the top five or something like that. Um, what I guess he's yeah he's fifth on the team right now in tackles with twenty seven. I mean Igbenosen and Ransom have twenty eight and twenty nine. You're talking about a defensive tackle, yeah, one and two tackles behind the guys in the secondary whose job is really to do that type of stuff. So, and just, you know, the PBUs, the, he's got four pass breakups now. Yeah. I mean, Burke's got eight, but second on the team in pass breaks up is Tyler Williams. I mean, it's nuts. He's playing at all American level. No doubt about it. He is great season. Good to see him recognized too. And this week, I mean, guard center guard, that's probably the the weakness of Mm -hmm. Penn state's line, right? It's kind of the inverse of of Ohio state's. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you're, you're needing Tyler and Mike Hall to come up big this weekend. Yep. Hopefully they will. Uh, Wisconsin game on the 28th. I can't say Wisconsin without saying it with an accent because I lived in Chicago for like a decade and everyone up there calls it Wisconsin. They got this like nasally thing. So it always comes out of my mouth like that. Wisconsin on day 28th. calls it uh, Wisconsin. Who, who calls it that? T-Pain. <laughs> yeah, Bayou Mansion up in Wisconsin. T-Pain, all right. <laughs> Throwback. Yeah, there we go. That's a nugget we needed. Wisconsin on 1028 announces a 7.30 p.m. kickoff. That's in Madison. Worried about that one at all? Um, You know, I... It's more of just will there be any type of hangover depending on what happens this week, right? I think that's really mostly what you worry about. A night game in Camp Randall is never easy, so you want to be healthy. You want to be, you know, hopefully coming off a win. Um, but Mordecai, what he's going to, is he out for the season or quarterback? I know he, I think he's uh, expected to be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and he ain't playing in two weeks. That's for definitely, sure. yeah. 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 Broken so, hand. And a so that helps. They're, you know, they tried to be a little less one dimensional Wisconsin y than they've been in the past, but they still, you know, they still got some work to do there. And then with a setback at quarterback, yeah, I would feel pretty good. But hey, let's get through this weekend. See our good friend Luke Fickle. Yeah. OSU ro- women ranked seventh in the preseason AP top 25. It. Be a fun Cody. team to watch. They press their butts off. It's fun to see them play, man. And that's a super fun. McGuff's it, awesome. Yep. Co- McMahon is just incredible to watch. I mean, they got Jay- I mean, they got tons of girls that are fun to watch, but Cody is just on a different level. She is. The men were not ranked. Are you surprised? No. Good. I wasn't either. Uh, exhibition Sunday at Dayton. That'll be a fun one. Uh, 11 Dubgate 11. Uh, the 11th iteration of the 11th Dubgate is announced. It's uh, 11-11, a lot of, a lot of symmetry here. Mm-hmm. Um, for the Michigan State game, right behind the Varsity Club, go to 11warriors.com for more information on that. Benefits great charities, and uh, a lot of work goes into it. It's a good time. Yeah, yeah, excited for that, as always. Always fun when it lines up with a night game. And, yeah, raise some money for charity, have some fun, hang out with some 11 Warriors friends, and go watch, was it Michigan State that week, right? So They're wearing our, the gray, though. Our perfect record will be uh, yeah. <laughs> intact. Not, not What's the line going to be on that, like 22? <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah, it'll be over three touchdowns. Yeah. Coming up, we got a big one Saturday. We'll start to break down Penn State. We come back. It's Lev Moore's on the fan. We're the girthiest radio station in the history of radio. Uncomfortably girthy. This promo is uncomfortable. The fan, Ohio's girth destination. Busted. Man, Bodie finally found some uh, age-appropriate music for us, man. <laughs> this song was so hot when I was in ninth grade. Was it ninth? Probably around then, eighth, ninth? Around there. Yeah. 
All right. Hard to get females get jealous. Go to the party. You've heard the song, right? Have you? <laughs> yes, I've heard. Right, I never know with you, man. I never know. I never put anything in here that I don't know. It's like the Beatles to him, though. Yeah, it's a, that's you know. true. He, I thought he yeah, was when listening the song to Mellencamp. Twenties. <laughs> John, John Mellencamp ever wins an Oscar? That's I mean, right, rich dude. Big one this weekend, man. Bucks, Penn State, both teams six and zero. Oh, noon, Ohio Stadium, Saturday. Games on Fox. Also right here on 97.1, the fan. Number three versus number seven in the country, man. I'm so excited for this one because, like, we've talked about it recently. Like, often, and particularly lately, Ohio State will be elite, and then Michigan and Penn State will just be kind of good. And lately, Michigan's been elite. Now it seems like their three teams are really, really darn good. These are, like, the best years for football. Like, this is the year they should have the 12-team playoff. We're going to wait another year. It should be this year because it would be bonkers. Well, and you sprinkle in Notre Dame on the schedule, too, and it's one of those years we've talked about in the past where we're all Buckeye fans. You're going to watch the games no matter what, but some of them feel like you just watch out of obligation, a lot of them. Sometimes it could be upwards of nine or ten of them. But this year, there's a few more. Even the Maryland get, you know, where you're a little bit more excited that, okay, let's see, this may not be a a complete and total cakewalk for four quarters. I love every Buckeye game equally, just for the record. That was Chris. It uh, (laughs) does not like the Buckeyes. That's a new thing. Interesting. You know what I'm saying? It's fourth quarter, (laughs) Youngstown State. You're still like, third and two, this happens. Like, oh my God, just run the clock. Yeah, the, the diehards are like, oh, what freshmen are in right now? <laughs> and uh, uh, seventh straight game in the series with both teams ranked. That's fun. This is a crazy fact, and it kind of jarred me. But 31st straight meeting between the two teams, longest series Ohio State has going right now between them and another team. Yeah. Because well, Michigan ducked the COVID out. year. Yeah. That, I mean, at first I was like, that's going to be a typo. And then I was like, wait, that is the longest. 31 straight is the longest series Ohio State has right now with another team. I mean, Michigan's would have been triple digits. They ducked out in COVID. Cowards. Uh, scarletting out the shoe. That so, goes back to 93, basically, right? Yeah, when they joined when the big. Joined, yep. yeah. Scarlet out the shoe. Make sure you wear scarlet to the game on Saturday. Not red. has to be scarlet. Make sure you do that. Uh, college game day in the house. Big noon on site. Uh, it's just massive, man. I can't wait to see this. Looking through the series, Bucks are 23-14 all-time against Penn, Penn State. Uh, they've won six straight, ten of the last twelve. They're twenty-one and seven since uh, Penn State uh, joined the Big Ten. Twelve and two at the shoe. Uh, Franklin, Jim Franklin, James Franklin, Penn State's lone win over Ohio State when he was the coach, two thousand sixteen, twenty-four uh, twenty-one in State College. Uh, remember the the What's block, the crazy the block rush on the, Urban. Rush the uh, field goal team. I, I saw Penn, some Penn State fans I know on Twitter this week. Like like that, someone put that highlight up and they were yeah. hyped. And I was like, that's the only thing you have. that's yeah. not that's in HD. Yeah, like what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, it's like the only highlight you can find on Twitter is that, dude. What are you doing? But uh, that's all right. Uh, last year was a fun one, man. Ohio State led sixteen fourteen entering the fourth quarter, and then the teams combined for forty five points in the final quarter with OSU winning forty four thirty one. JTT went off in that one, had a pick six, a couple sacks. Just went beast mode. It'd be really cool if you could do that again. Just asking JTT if you could. It'd be great. Yeah, they could use it for sure. He's looking for, you know, he's been playing a lot better of late as far as getting in the stat sheet and that kind of thing. So, yeah, will it? could there be another eruption Saturday? I guess we'll see. Yeah, I hope so. Penn State again is 6-0. and They beat West Virginia to open year 38-15 to at home. Beat Mighty Delaware 63-7. Uh, went to Illinois and won 30-13. to I actually gave a little respect for that. Illinois is a tough place to play because it's so boring and gray and, you know, either gonna be, it's going to be a really physical game. Uh, shut out Iowa, thirty-one nothing. That game does Iowa, didn't they? Just like I mean, just put the ball on the ground like four or five times. I just feel like it was fumble city. Yeah, yeah. I mean, beat him in Penn State. Not sure Iowa. Like literally, I don't think they had like three first downs in that game. <laughs> like, it was Can't something. be Iowa. No, <laughs> no. I saw last week they didn't have a receiver get 
uh, receiving yard. This week, this past Saturday, they had 37 <laughs> passing yards. Like every week, it's something you're like, I didn't know teams could do that. You know, like, I, this, <laughs> this is, I thought that was impossible. Did you guys see the women's Iowa team played like their, yeah. what was that, an exhibition or something yeah, like that? Yeah. Uh, Caitlin Clark had more points in that game than Iowa scored in a home conference <laughs> game in two years. That's incredible. Yep. That's incredible. <laughs> That team, man. Five and one, though. Late Bri- in the West. Brian's going to get fired, but they're going to win the West, so it'll work out one way or another. Uh, Penn State beat Northwestern 41-13 on the road a couple weeks ago, and then uh, Saturday they that got was U- close for a half. It was. It was. Um, and Saturday they got UMass 63 nothing, and that's a nice little tune-up game for Ohio State. That defense over there is filthy. Just filthy. Manny Diaz, remember that cat? Defensive coordinator. Number one total D in the country. Number one passing D in the country. Number two rushing defense in the country. Number two scoring defense in the country. Sick numbers across the board. And you can look at that and say, you know, they haven't really played anyone, and that's a fair argument. I mean, their two power five, three power five opponents are Illinois, Iowa, and Northwestern. Three pretty bad only, teams. Only one of those opponents were in the top 80 in either total offense or scoring offense, which was West Virginia. So they haven't played anybody, but it doesn't mean they're not good. They've choked out all those teams. You know, they've done exactly what they should do to those teams. So, yeah, I'm... Even though they haven't been tested, I'm expecting them to have a really good defense on Saturday. They handed Mighty Iowa their one loss, so we should put a little respect on their name, right? <laughs> um, Drew Lauer, man. The kid's from uh, Medina, Ohio, up near Cleveland. Ohio's Mr. Football in 2021. He's a quarterback. It's his, his team this year. He was kind of sat around with the headset last year, and this, this year it's his team. So far, 65% completion percentage, uh, 12 touchdowns, zero interceptions. Got a cannon for an arm. Um, he's taking care of the ball and he's got his team undefeated. Uh, I don't know. It's, 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 it's wild to me because there's a lot of Ohio state fans, not a lot, but a few that wanted, wanted drew here in, in, in Columbus. And instead Ohio state went out and got a quarterback from basically, you know, he's from New Jersey, but Pennsylvania went to high school in Pennsylvania. So they kind of flopped, right? Mm-hmm. Penn state's got a quarterback from Ohio, played football, high school football in Ohio. And Ohio state's got a guy that played high school football. In, yeah. And in maybe the larger reason is Quinn Ewers was coming to Ohio state right at that time. I mean, I think when Ewers then left or had committed and then when Ohio state, uh, when he transferred out, I think they may, you know, offered him, but it was too late at that point. He had been committed to Penn state for a while. Big dude, big cannon. We'll probably play on Sundays. Uh, in years past, Penn State's always had like quarterbacks, and there's been like, I feel like there's McSorley. There's a couple of them, right, that have like the same mold, that look like the same dude, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like can, can scramble and get yeah. like a seven yard gain here, and then Scrambly, like Moxie Field, uh, uh, yeah, white guy, a, a, yeah. a McGloin, yeah. and McSorley, like weak mm-hmm. arms, but like would rush for a little bit. And, and Zach Mills or something. Yeah, like they're all that. the same. They're, the same they're all good for a pick six. Yeah. They're all good for like something yeah. disastrous, but. Uh, this guy's a he's a straight up baller though. He's, he's he's probably the best quarterback Franklin's had there at Penn State. Yeah, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. I think the the I don't know about the knock, but the observation so far has been that they're not really throwing the ball downfield at all, right? So you think he got some explosive guys, but um yeah, Aller's done everything they've asked him to do. I think Franklin is more than happy with his approach and what he's doing, and obviously it's paying off. And it's kinda like Ohio State. You're leaning on a really, really good defense also. Absolutely. They had uh, Christian Hackenberg, I forgot about that cap and they, yeah, they kinda broke him and he couldn't yeah. do anything, went somewhere else. But uh, more on Penn State in a second. We're going to get into three questions on this matchup. It's 11 Warriors on the fam. The 11 Warriors Radio Hour is brought to you by Atlas Butler Plumbing Services. Atlas Butler's expert plumbers can take care of anything from a clogged drain to a broken water tower.
That's a good song. We could just play that for the segment. I don't know if they. I don't know if that's good radio or not. But uh, shout out Al Golden, David Watts, and all the rest of the Irish for just. There, there's nothing sweeter than just beating the living hell out of Southern California. I was like, what's, it, what's the California? Is Al Golden from Compton? I'm like, what's what's going on here? Like, what's the angle? I, I see Al Golden got his sweating under control. I hadn't seen that dude on the sideline in a long time until Saturday night. Hey, I was man. like, hey, my man's not sweating he's as much. He's killing it, yeah. Yes. He's got glasses on, looks very distinguished now. very uh, weird glasses. I don't, I don't know. They just look kind of funky, but... Hey man, whatever. I mean, Dude, defense chilling. looks awesome every year. <laughs> Do you remember when he was right, in Miami and he would just like soak through his shirts every, every game? And he just had to wear like a tie. And so yeah. it's like, dude, like yeah. try to get a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, I'd be going sleeveless. He should coach it like North Dakota State. Wear like a ShamWow. <laughs> <you know? laughs> right. I'm Billy Mays. <laughs> Rest in peace. Yeah, RIP. I wanted to make a joke about uh, Joe Tiller. Like I wanted to tweet out during the game Saturday. You know, I'd like to know where Joe Tiller is right now, like Ryan Day, but I'm like, Joe, oh, Joe, Joe's passed. You know, I can't. Yeah, he's, he's not. He's not here anymore. So we we do know where Joe is, at least where where part of him is. Uh, three questions for the Penn State game. Again, it's a massive game. Noon Saturday, right here on the Fan on Fox, the broadcast. Uh, complete coverage at elevenwarriors.com. So tune in for that. First question, you ready? How will Ohio State fare against this defense? We've been gassing them up. That defense is pretty sick. Yeah, I think the defense is good. The defensive ends versus Ohio State's offensive tackles, I think, is going to probably have a lot to do with the outcome of this game. Um, I don't expect Ohio State's going to run the ball a ton. I think you're expecting a fairly low-scoring game, like most people. I mean, the Vegas over-under, I think, is only like 47 or something like that. That so, still seems high. Um, I, I agree. I think it would would be under that. But, you know, like you were saying before the show, too, last year it was, what, like 14? What was it? 16, going 14, going, going in the fourth. Going in the fourth and ended up 44 to 31. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, so who knows? But I think that, um, I, I think they'll fair well enough to win but i would be pretty shocked if they scored more than 28 i don't i don't think they'll score more than 24 so senior defensive end adisa isaac has seven and a half tfls 5.5 sacks only on only 66 rush plays as a defensive end that's pretty darn good yeah uh he's gonna be healthy and well rested i i didn't know this either marv i don't remember it at least do you remember this it was in the game notes from ohio state yeah marv 10 for 185 against penn state 10 mm-hmm. first downs mm-hmm. like all he did was catch first downs last yeah. year yeah yeah, that was his uh, was his career high in yardage. I believe was 185. Um, what, what can't let you gloss over it. I mean, how do you think they're going to fare? Are they going to be able to run the ball? Do they need? To, are they going to worry about running the ball? A ton? They got to. I think? think you have to try because their secondary's really, really got. They got mm-hmm. like three or four NFL guys in their secondary. Like it's it's good secondary. So I think they have to. Uh, they have to try to get it going because if you can't get the run going, and you're second and ten, third and eight all game, watch out. That's trouble. You think the Brown stuff was smoke and mirrors? Um, for this week, no. I think I think I don't know if I was a coach and I was like, even if I was just kind of doing it to get some film out there for Penn State to have to worry about, and I was like, oh wow, this works. I I'd roll back mm-hmm. with it. Would you? I expect that they'll probably try it. Yeah, I think so there. too. I think so too. Although I think it could be a little wrinkly. I think it could look a little different than it did, you know, last week. They're gonna pull out the jump pass. It's possible. Put a statue of him outside the stadium. I like, do think like there's a good chance he'll, that he could throw it. Yeah. Hopefully not. I mean, that throw last week was not a good throw. <laughs> like, oh my god, don't throw it. And they hit the defender's well, cleat. It was a terrible throw. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Hit the defender's cleat, my man. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I would, I would, I would run that set some. Might as well try it. I mean, your short yardage otherwise has been a bit of a struggle. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next question: Can Ohio State get to Drew Lyer? 
Yeah, I think they can. I kind of touched on it last segment. I think guard center guard, the middle of that and the interior of Penn State's line is where you want to try to attack them. And I think that, um, you know, the way Ty Leak has been, he has been so good. Hall overshadowed, right? I think going into the season, we all thought Mike Hall was going to be the best defensive tackle in this and team. Hamilton, it's been Ty Leak. Yeah. And Hall hasn't been bad, but no. Ty Leak has just been amazing. Yeah, yeah Ty Hamilton to, to a degree as well, right? That's the nice thing about Ohio State, coaches. though, isn't it? Yeah, you just got yeah. so many dudes that one of them could just yeah. come out of nowhere. It's, you're like, oh yeah, I was got a four star in high school, and he's you know he should be good. We just didn't expect him to be this good so soon, right? right? I just I guess I won't be surprised if this is a week where maybe it's Mike Hall because yeah. they're going to focus so much on like, Ty Leak double teaming him, and that you know Mike Hall is no joke. Um, I think that uh, yeah, they are going to be able to get to him, but I'm not sure. I think it'll be from the defensive ends. I think it might be more up the middle. Be nice to see. Uh, you know, it was nice to see Sawyer and, and JTT cook a little bit at Purdue yeah, to get yeah. going. And, and, and gradually been playing, JT yeah, especially, yeah. gradually playing a little Warm bit up. better. Warming up. Um, so, what about Knowles and Blitzing? Does he lay off this one? Because he's been pretty good, pretty restrained this year. Yeah, I know it's probably yeah. killing him because he loves the blitz. I think he's probably wanting to get a feel for, are they really going to take any deep shots? What are they going to do if they're going to play the game really uptight and not take deeper shots? And I think that might make Knowles a little bit more comfortable with doing it. Um, but I, w- I, I don't know. I wouldn't expect a blitz fest. I think you're hoping that you can get home you know, with four or at least get enough pressure where he's got to get the ball out and... it. Alar has shown for everything that he has. He's definitely willing to take check down and get rid of the ball. So mm-hmm. you may not have to blitz a lot to at least keep everything in front of you, which is, you know, this has been a bend but don't break type style this year. And it's it's worked. So I can't see it drastically changing. Absolutely. And, and, and blitzing is one of those things, like you said, you don't have to do early, but maybe you're forced to do later and you hope you're not in that situation, right. but it's there if you need it. Uh, third question, what do you make of the lack of explosive plays from Penn State? Prior to the UMass win, they were dead last in the nation. I feel like we can keep that stat because UMass doesn't count for anything significant in any kind of <laughs> stat line. Dead last in the nation with explosive plays. Those are 20-plus, coming at just 3% of their snaps. Uh, there was a Drew Lauer passing chart from a, in a Bill Connolly column on ESPN.com today. 20-plus uh, yards, he's 3 of 8 with two touchdowns. 30-plus yards, he's 1 of 4 with one touchdown. 40-plus yards, he's 0 of 1. That's for the season. That's that's air ball right there. And uh, that's just so weird to me because he's got a cannon. A lot of the guys in the 11 Warriors team think that uh, their wide receivers are pretty pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, I think that you're not seeing a bunch of big play downfield guys because you got to be able to get downfield. I think maybe their offensive line, again, is a little bit like Ohio State, a little bit of Achilles heel on the team, but they don't have the game-breaking receivers. At least they haven't so far uh, as Ohio State. It, Keandre Lambert-Smith is, you know, he's got 400 yards receiving this year on 13 yards a catch, three touchdowns, so not huge, but, uh, you know, really, they, they go to their tight end a lot. They're doing a lot of shorter stuff. And um, I like I said, I, w- I wouldn't expect that to drastically change. I think Franklin will take some shots for sure because you're sixty five yards to stretch it. But yeah, for that dude, yeah, right, that's weak. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm calling him out right it's here a little on the bit air. different game. Right here on the air, I'm calling him out. They're running. The, I mean, they're running the ball better in high state. So they got I mean, some the total backs. yards, you know, yeah. I mean, they're averaging over two hundred yards rushing a game. So you're only going to have so many yards in a game, and they've got three different guys that can carry it. So. That's true. And when you got a great defense, we've been trying to talk ourselves into that about Ohio State. You used to these offenses being number one, number two in the country. When you've got a really good defense and you're breaking in a quarterback and you don't necessarily love your line, you you know you got to make sure you win the surest way. And I, I wonder how much of that is Penn State's more of a mirror of Ohio State than maybe we think, because we just haven't seen them play a lot of games this year. Could be you got to be the guardian of the W, right? Exactly. Be the guardian I mean, that's of the that's w. The number one job. Uh, bonus question: Can James Franklin make smart decisions for sixty minutes? Yeah, hopefully not. Um, history says no. Um, do you? I mean. 
You, you think he's going to do something crazy? <laughs> it's so tough because he's he's like a really nice dude. Like I don't hate Jay. I, I can't stand Harbaugh. He's like really thoughtful in his pressers. Oh, I was reading great. the transcript today. It's like yeah. two miles long. Yeah, like, he's he a long super answers. nice guy. Cares about his team. Cares about the fans. He knows like student reporters by name. He's a good dude, man. Just a genuinely good dude. But he gets in, you know, third and fourth quarter, James Franklin, he gets inside his head a little bit and just does mm-hmm. some crazy stuff. And you're like, all right, well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> so I don't know, man. I mean, that's that's part of it. And, and if it's close in the fourth, I got to like our guy against their guy in terms of like metal. Yeah. I think it's a greater chance that maybe this is just a game that Alar finally makes a, you know, finally makes a mistake, something like that. And that's what this game may come down to. I hope so. Um, yeah. Big one again. Line is Ohio State four minus four. Uh, Bucks favored by four there. What's your prediction? Uh, I've got a high state 24 to 20. Uh, I think it's going to be hard for either team to really generate a lot of offense. I think both teams have good defenses. They've limited big plays all year. So I just will assume that that will continue. And yeah, I'm going to go Ohio state 24, Penn state 20. First of all, congratulations. You're going to be one point off the real score because I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm at 23, 19. I always pick on orthodox numbers because yeah. it's always weird and you get closer that way. But you can confirm with Andy in the 11 Warriors Slack. I sent him that yesterday. And, uh, you know, well, congrats. You got a good score. <laughs> I'll take I'm it. I'm proud yeah. of you this week, man. Yeah. I think you got something good. Bodie, you got a prediction for this one as a Notre Dame fan? He forgets I was the champion of last season. No one forgets Slack. that. No, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> I'd probably go, yeah, I'm kind of with you guys. I think it'll be a bit lower scoring. I could see it playing out kind of like the Ohio State-Notre Dame game where it's like both teams move the ball, but both defenses also step up. I'm kind of with you guys. I'll go uh, about 21-16. All right. I think it's. I think the. Under, I don't bet, but if I were to bet, I would. I would. I would love the under. Forty-seven seems like a ton of points, and we haven't talked about. It, but the, it's not like the weather's gonna be great. It's gonna be a lot like at Purdue last yeah. week. It sounds like. It, it, I guess they could hit the over. Like my luck, I would bet for the first time and hit take the under, and it would be like tied at twenty-two going into overtime and go three overtimes. We end up like yeah. thirty-six to thirty-four right. or something. I'm like, well, well, we got to keep an eye on too. We haven't talked about it much, but special teams. I mean, Penn State's punt returner took back two to the house last year. High State special teams been not great for a couple years now. Punt returns have you know been an issue. Um, so that's something to to look out for as well that you don't usually factor in. I think there's going to be a special teams touchdown kind no. of thing. Yeah, right? you'd never but, think about it. You're right. But you never know. Although I do fear if there's a special teams touchdown in this game, I fear it will not come from Ohio State. <laughs> I mean, smart guys think of that stuff. We don't. But yeah, we're like, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm not baking that in. Yeah. Coming up, Radio Buckshots. There's a subprime loan crisis in Boulder, Colorado. We got that. We come back. It's Love Wars on the Fan. The only radio show Ryan Day listens to when we're holding him hostage, making him listen to a radio show. The Buckeye Show. Weeknights at 6. The Fan. It's the last segment of the show. You know what that means. It's time for Buckshots. Had a fun one tonight. Thanks for joining us right here on the 11 Warriors Radio Hour. Jason Priestess, Chris Lauderack, Notre Dame superfan. You see that he's wearing that. Like, he doesn't wear that Notre Dame quarter zip when they lose, but when they win, he's got that. Nah, that is a flat-out lie. I tried to text him. Chris, I tried to text text you and Bodie during the game. It was 24-6. They were killing USC. We'll talk about that in a second. He wouldn't even reply. He's like one of those like psychopaths that won't pick up his phone or reply to people during games. I told you guys, I'd end up on that message board uh, geniuses. geniuses Twitter account. <laughs> I was close, man. We lost to Southern Cal. I was going on there saying, it's time. <laughs> it's Give time Urban to get a call. Time to Give Urban a call. call. 
tried and true method for any college football fan. As soon as your team starts yep. losing, see what Urban's Urban <laughs> Michigan State went through it a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. I love it. When oh, I, I love that he's the guy that everyone's like, <laughs> yeah. all right, guys, we've had enough. We've got to kind of call, back up the Brinks truck. Call the <laughs> one guy that's going to cause all kinds of problems. Uh, radio buckshot time. We got to talk about subprime out there in Boulder, man. What a collapse Friday night. Chris, we're old now. So I think I'm so pissed. I fell asleep. Yeah, I went to bed at half time. I'm too. like, I'm not watching too. this I'm like, Yeah, I'm gonna get some sleep, right? It's like 11 o'clock. I'm going to get some sleep. Cause it was later, like midnight. Yeah, that was the late game. Yeah. 10, 10 o'clock start, 10 30 start. Uh, wake up and uh, they'd blown a 29, nothing lead, man. Colorado led Stanford 29, nothing and a half one and four Stanford. I should point out. Uh, Cardinal roared back to win 46-43 in overtime. Buffs have now lost three of their last four. And this is what they have left. Next game at number 25, UCLA. Then they welcome number 12, Oregon State. Then they get Arizona at home. And Arizona is like not the crappy Arizona team we're used to. They got yeah. a seven-point loss to Washington, an overtime loss to USC, and they just bludgeon Washington State in their house, put 44 on them. And then um, the Buffs got to go to Washington State. And then they end the season at number fourteen, Utah. So they are four and three. I think the what was the over under on like all summers like three and a half games. Yeah, some they basically they, beat, they it. beat it. Yeah. But I don't know how much more they're going to beat it by. And you know, um, he's great for the sport. Prime is because he's so polarizing. You either love him or you hate him. And like, I feel bad for ESPN and, and some of those places because if he has bad years, they're what are they going to cover? They're going to have to cover like real football stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, revving up game day to go out there, and yeah, they've created this like hype machine. And well, sixty minutes was interviewing him a couple weeks ago, and I think he's doing some good things out there. But yeah, I'm definitely enjoying watching this happen. Yeah, I, I like the good and the bad. I like it when they do good stuff. He's it's good for the sport. I love the sport, and I think if we had ten primes in college football, it'd be a better sport. And I yeah. saw something the other day like TV ratings in college football over the last decade are up thirty two percent. I mean, in the NFL's king, but college football yeah. is like the number two by yeah. far now. Yeah. Like it didn't used to be like that in, in college football is a monster, but imagine having nine more primes spread around the country, you know, like <laughs> it would be fun. That might dilute the prime factor. Though. Yeah, I mean, my buddy was telling me the other night, he was like, you know, at a blue jackets game, we'll talk, we're not even gonna talk about blue jackets, but the other night he was talking about how like, Oh, I like the NFL better. The players are better. The skills better. And this and that. I'm like, yeah, the NFL is fun. There's some really good players. There's no doubt they're better players. That's yeah. the pro yeah. league. It's going to be like that. But I said, you know, does anyone in the NFL wear a tire around their neck when they get a turnover? Like, does that ever happen? <laughs> right. Right. Just, Sit on a throne. <laughs> the guys with watching shoulder out pads. There. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, there's nothing like college football, man. Yeah. It's it's the dumbest, most awesome thing at the same time. The uh, subprime crying Jordans have been sustaining me the last couple of weeks. Man, I saw the Buffalo the other day. They got the Buffalo. Put Jordans, <laughs> put a crying Jordan on the Buffalo face. And I'm like, man. But I mean, that was Stanford's biggest ever comeback, right? In, yeah. in school history. Yeah, it was like the, what, third biggest in Pac-12 history yeah, or something Yeah, I heard like that, that too. Hate yeah. to see it. So, uh, hate so to I see hate it. hate to not see it. I can't believe I fell asleep. I, actually, I could totally believe I fell asleep, but that was just a bummer of timing. A lot of old guys like us waking up on Saturday morning early going, what? Yeah. Let well, me I get some highlights. Slack, they're like, they lost. I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah. They did. Let me watch some highlights. Um, and I love all the people that like put the put that stuff over the Curb Your, Curb Your Enthusiasm music. You know? <laughs> Larry David did something stupid and this is all falling apart. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, tough stretch. Look out there. They're going to lose to UCLA, lose to Oregon State. Yeah, there's, they, not, there's not more than two more wins in there. Oh, right? no. They might go 0-5. I mean, 1-4, maybe best case. I'm looking at it now. I mean, I don't I know. I can't decide if I want them to be bowl ineligible or go to a bowl and get smoked. Man, that'd be fun. Probably go to a bowl and get smoked on, like, December, you know, 11th or something. Give the people what they want. Prime against Iowa. Just like I would just suck his will to live out of and just win like three nothing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> five nothing or something. 
It probably gets like three first downs. That's what it would take to get me to watch an Iowa game, probably. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Someone, yeah, I mean, you're going to have one of the worst offenses in P5 history when in FCS division. Uh, FBS division. <laughs> P5 division. Even better. Uh, I feel like we're witnessing greatness in Iowa. Uh, Notre Dame. Bodie, thank you. Notre Dame finally, finally did something for America. Uh, 48-20 bludgeoning of USC Saturday night in South Bend. Uh, that's a good one. We did smash Clemson last year. People don't really like Clemson and Dabble. Yeah, I, like right? that. So I, I enjoyed that a yeah, little bit. Smoked them without a passing game. Yeah. That's that's got to be worth something. But yeah, that felt pretty good Saturday night. Caleb Williams, of course, is a Notre Dame fan. It's kind of you know I was talking to a couple people around here earlier this week, and like for your guys' nineties against Michigan, that's like what I grew up with with Southern Cal in the two thousands. Like yeah. I didn't have a memory of us beating USC until I was in high school. <laughs> like that's a long time. Yeah, and and I mean most of those weren't close. I mean outside of the Bush Bush, <laughs> and most of the time it was Liner and those guys just absolutely John David Booty, Mark Sanchez. Like most of those games were not close. John David Booty, and so yeah, yeah that's right? a name, name you probably yeah. forgot about, right? Well, I have not He's still in my nightmares every now and again. <laughs> Um, but Dreaming yeah, about man, booty in your <laughs> But yeah, that one felt pretty sweet, especially coming after the Louisville loss. I, I did not see that performance coming from Notre Dame, and I don't think USC is probably as good as the you know number ten in the country no. or six and zero or whatever they but were. Still, They're probably going to drop right. a couple more games, but who cares, right? You guys good don't offense. care. Michigan can be you know eleven and zero or zero and eleven when you beat them and you kick the crap out of them. It still means something. So yeah, it's uh, you kind of said there a minute ago that's what makes college football special right like i love the nfl i love the cowboys beating the eagles is cool but i don't know at the end of the year if you don't win the super bowl sometimes it feels a little lackluster right in college it's like yeah you want to win every game obviously like the louisville loss sucked but like beating southern cows like a big deal man like and even at two losses <laughs> the way you did it too yeah it's crazy yeah the playoff is out of the picture and whatnot but still like that's Beating your rival like that is still... It's a big response for the program. It was. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Huge. For Marcus Freeman. Yeah. Yeah, you know, a lot of people hate the Irish, but, like, everyone hates Caleb Williams. So, yeah. you know, yeah. it's a good way. I didn't hate him. I honestly, no joke. You don't hate Caleb a, Williams? No, no, no. I hate, like, say Notre Dame. Oh, like, I don't necessarily yeah. hate them. I largely am like, eh, they're just kind of out there. You they're know? Like, like, to me, they're more arrogant than Michigan, and that's, like, really hard to do. You know, they're like, we're really? Notre Dame. We're going to yeah, be independent like forever. I see that. Yeah, yeah. This country was born on independence, Jason. What do you I mean? Come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) Our founding fathers would be proud of the Irish. As everybody tries to unite, they say, "No, we will stay independent." Man, it took us till 1960 to elect a Catholic president, bro. They would not. The founding fathers would have hated Notre Dame, for being honest. (laughs) Let's be real. And even even when Kennedy got elected, like I don't know, he might be uh, he might he might be serving the Pope, a secret 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 agent on us. But uh, hey, running out of time, had a blast tonight. We'll do more history next week. As always, take care of each other. Be good to each other. Good night. All your favorite fan shows are available when you want them. Head to nine seven one thefan dot com and hit that subscribe button. The Fan Ohio Sports Destiny broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. dot com. WBNSFM HD One Columbus.